0: Planning for the future can be exciting because you want to talk about your goals and your dreams and how much money you want to make and how many kids you want to have. But, you know, I just believe that you need to be intentional on paper, on purpose, as it relates to your dreams and as it relates to your money.
1: Welcome back to the Wedding and Beyond podcast, where we provide you with tools and tips for planning your wedding and building a successful marriage. I'm your host, Sophia Jones, owner and creative director of Royal Occasions, Inc. Today, we will be talking about finances with Samantha Porter, who is the CEO of Integrity Taxes and Accounting and founder of Kids Count, Inc. Samantha is an author, public speaker and entrepreneur. With over 10 years of experience in the financial arena, she quickly developed a passion for promoting financial literacy to the community, young and old alike. Samantha has not only taken a kid-friendly approach to saving, spending, and sharing wealth, she has been able to help families put their money on a mission. She has mentored over 3,500 youth to date and is currently assisting families to become financially fit. With that said, let's get into it. Hi, Samantha. Hi. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So we're talking weddings and we're talking marriage. Mm -hmm. The average cost of weddings in the U.S. today is $35,000. Wow. And believe it or not, that's not even an extravagant wedding. That's just a basic wedding. Wow. And that number could be much, much more or less depending on where you live in the U.S., Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I can do with $35,000. I know what I can, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But in working with my clients to plan their wedding, mm-hmm. I stress the importance of setting a budget, which includes determining how much they can realistically for- afford to spend on the budget and who's paying for what. Right. With your background in accounting and financial planning, give me your take on the cost of a wedding, and setting a budget for a wedding?
0: Well, I'll say long are the days of the mother of the bride or the mother and father of the bride mm-hmm. taking care of the wedding. Am I am I correct? That is correct. So when I speak to my clients, I talk to them about, you know, I know it's exciting to get married and I know you're super excited to have a future with your new spouse Mm -hmm. but before starting and saying I do you need to take the time and go over a budget and Mm -hmm. what's a budget it's telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went right Mm -hmm. and a lot of times when you're getting married you wonder where it went because you overdid it by not having just that a budget right right. so the first thing I would say is to let your bride and groom know to sit down and map it out and come up with a number that they both can afford You know what I mean, Mm -hmm. and if that number is five thousand, or twenty-five thousand, or two hundred and fifty (laughs) thousand dollars, (laughs) hey, I want that couple, right? (laughs) Depending on what it is that they can afford, I would budget no more than maybe ten to fifteen percent of my salary, and that's not just my salary; that's a combined salary. A combined salary, ten to fifteen percent. Ten to fifteen percent, you know, depending on how much they make on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. Um, They would need to not only review their budget, they would also need to decide if they're going to have a joint account. There's just really important money topics that need to happen before getting married. A joint account for paying for the wedding or are you talking about after? Both. 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 Okay. Have an account established just for the wedding but in in addition to having an account for after the wedding, you know, mm-hmm. being able to be on one accord. It's mm-hmm. important to start on one accord so that you can keep that long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, again, starting off with a budget, telling their money where to go, figuring out what percentage works for them. Again, mom and dad, grandma, aunts, they're not all pitching in. Most times, it's on them. So, right. 10 to 15% is really a safe way to go. Telling your money where to go on purpose is another safe way to go. And being on one accord, which will be having the joint account, mm-hmm. would be another thing I would say they should do.
1: Great advice. Great advice. What are your thoughts on paying for the wedding on credit? I say just say no. <laughs> you know, because the wedding is over.
0: It's a beautiful day, but then the debt is there. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I was 21. I got married at 21. And my dad and mom, they couldn't afford to give me a wedding. So who had to pay for it? We did. And we were just getting out of school. We didn't have any money. So we had $3,000, 100 guests, and we had some fake flowers (laughs) and we had some... T- not, I not I think it was linen linen tablecloths. I mean we <laughs> we were hey, showing off hey. with the linen okay <laughs> So we were able to do that and we made it work which is three thousand bucks. Now
1: can you do that today? You probably may have 20 people there but hey I don't even know unless you're doing it at home 3,000 <laughs> you can't even rent a hall for a wedding Wow for three thousand dollars. Wow unfortunately. Let alone feed them. But, you know, at the
0: end of the day, we had peace, right? Right. We had peace because we were able to pay it with cash. Right. 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 And so after the wedding was over, we didn't have to worry about that debt that would have come along if we put it on credit card just to impress who? Right. To right. impress people. Right. I mean, to get, what, 500
1: bucks maybe, right. you know? And that's that's the thing. A lot of times people have, whether it's a wedding or it's a baby shower or whatever, they're putting on this event to whether they want to admit it or not impress people. Right. Who at the end of the day may bring you a $20 gift right. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Okay. So I always, I'm going off topic a little bit, mm-hmm. but I remember telling someone that had contacted me about planning a baby shower. Mm-hmm. The cost of the haul was almost $5,000. Wow. And I remember saying to her, I said, you know, I said, you probably going to think I'm crazy. I said, but Let me just ask you, you know, your family and friends very well. By the time we plan the shower, you're probably going to spend about $10,000. Do you think you're going to get $10,000 worth of gifts? Absolutely not. She was like, well, I said, think about it. You're going to spend $10,000 on a baby shower. Mm. You're not going to get half of what you need for your baby. And then you're going to have to turn around and purchase that stuff. Wow. Does it make sense to you now? And Mm. she she was like, oh, I never thought about it that way. You don't think about it. You don't think about it. And I understand you want to celebrate and that's what I'm here to do and help you celebrate. But I want you to do it responsibly. Exactly. Because I've got to live in myself too. If you've got $20,000 you want to spend on an event, I'm more than happy to help (laughs) you spend it. But I want you to be able to live afterwards. You have to live beyond the day, right, right? Right. Right. Right.
0: And I think that you know when they decide, okay, I'm going to put ten, fifteen thousand dollars on that credit card, and they wake up the next day and they realize, man, I don't have it to pay back mm-hmm. that ten to twenty thousand dollars turned into fifteen to twenty five thousand, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and now that can cause issues in your marriage, right? Because you no longer can afford it, so. Right. Why do that for a one-day event when you Mm -hmm. can spend a lifetime of financial freedom?
1: Right, right. And that goes right into what I was going to say next because, you know, now we want to talk a little bit more about financial planning as it relates to married life. And it is known that money or a lack of financial planning can be a major cause for problems in a marriage. So with that being said, when do you think that engaged couples should start having conversations about their financial future? And what should that conversation include
0: Hmm. before they say, hey, will you marry me? Um, I tell a lot of young women, you know, it's important to want to build that future with that potential husband. Mm -hmm. But if you don't even know how much he makes. He he doesn't even know how much you make. Right. You don't know how many assets or (laughs) lack thereof before he even says I do. And then you're upset when he moves in and he has no ambition. He has no job. He has no vehicle. He has no home to put you in. You're upset. You never asked those questions before saying yes, because you were so concerned about the ring Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. as opposed to long term. right? Right. So I would say not to make it a heavy conversation but I would make a conversation before saying yes to the ring Mm -hmm. and just kind of going over life goals and seeing you know what it is that you see you know how it is you see yourself in the next three years Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. financially what it is that you're looking for whether you want a home or you're looking for a condo Mm -hmm. or whether you have savings plans Mm -hmm. how well do you budget you know having that money meeting you know my husband and I We try to have weekly money meetings and not just with us,
1: but with the kids. And I was just going to say, it shouldn't be a one-time conversation. It should be an ongoing conversation throughout the... The the, um, courtship, the engagement, and now, like you're saying, as part of the marriage. Right. And a lot
0: of times I meet people who say, Well, I I feel good. It's my money and it's his money. And then we'll just, you know, pay the bills. And again, I'm not knocking everyone's relationship is different. Mm -hmm. But when you decide to join hands and be one with that person, I personally believe that goes as well with your money. Mm -hmm. There's no longer my money, his money, it's our money. And that I'll go into the joint checking accounts too, because I I've had a lot of clients who, you know, a lot of things get ruined because they don't have joint checking accounts. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a dating situation because they're paying 50%. Mm -hmm. The husband's paying 50% of the bills. And, you know, that can cause some riffraff in the marriage. If you don't have that conversation early enough and that's part of the engagement process, sitting down having that deep money conversation and just letting them know, babe, you know, this is something that we really need to talk about because our financial future is still part of our future. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. for us to know where we stand financially. Who's the spender? Who's right. the saver? Right.
1: You know, <laughs> just just knowing where they are and where they stand. Now, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times the joint accounts. Do you think that couples can or should have not only their joint accounts, but also have individual accounts. Do yeah. you think that's a good thing yeah. to happen? I mean, I'm going on 12 years of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in our
0: marriage, we decided that we would have a joint account for our bills, mm-hmm. all bills going to that account. Then he has a, it's called a splurge account. So that's his personal account. I have access to, but I don't touch it. And then I have my own account. That's a, my splurge account. He has access, but he doesn't touch it. So that, that gives you a little bit of individuality, a little right. bit of freedom. Right. But in the same breath, they have access to it. So right. you're not hiding money from your spouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not. That's not good good either. (laughs) So I would say, yes, joint for the bills, joint for the savings, joint for main uh, events or if you're buying a home Mm -hmm. or if you're having a baby, you have a joint account for those things.
1: Mm -hmm. And then you have your splurge individual account. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Talking about a budget. How should couples go about setting a budget and what should they include in that budget? You know, should it just be a monthly budget? Is there anything like maybe a long term budget where you're thinking about bigger things? Budgets budgets can
0: change depending on your situation. So if you're married and both of you are self employed, that can be a little difficult because you don't know when your money is going to come in. Right. So I would always suggest you know having that once a week or maybe once every two week budget meeting. Mm-hmm. Going back to that, just kind of having that conversation, putting your main bills first, mm-hmm. which is your lights, your water, your housing making sure that you have that as the top. And then you would have your food in your maybe, I think I said utilities already, but just maybe clothing or anything else, any other line items after your main essentials Mm -hmm. will go on there. And I got from my mentor in my head, his name is Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. He always talks about, you know, putting the important items on the top. And then if you have any debt, you would put that towards the bottom and work on devouring that afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I would say again, sit down during your monthly meeting or your biweekly meeting, go over your essentials, put that down first, and then whatever is left, if you have money to save, you save it, and if not,
1: you then, you know, you pay off the debt. Right. Right. So, how would you suggest couples that are coming together, let's say they've had the financial discussions mm-hmm. and they know each person's financial baggage so to speak? Mm-hmm. How would you address or advise couples to deal with debt that was acquired prior to coming together? Mm,
0: That's a good one.
1: If they don't take care of it before they actually get married, you know, that's your debt. That ain't mine. I won't (laughs) use my money on, you know, that kind of thing. How would, because that could cause a rift in a marriage too. And it's hard, but you see, that's why it's so important to have that money conversation before Mm -hmm.
0: because Mm -hmm. if your mindset is that's not my debt that's yours then that's already saying hey what's mine is not yours Mm -hmm. and what's yours is not mine Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't go into the marriage with that mindset right so if you have that mindset before then that's something you need to discuss in advance for me I can only speak from experience we decided that my debt was his debt and Mm -hmm. his was mine Mm -hmm. so we're going to attack all debt together Mm -hmm. and we did the snowball effect And we were able to line our debt up from smallest to largest. And we worked on the smaller debt and knocked that out. Whether Mm -hmm. it was his or mine, we didn't care. It's our debt. Right. And everyone may not want to do that. So it all depends on what you decide when you have that money conversation. Right. Before you get married. Right. Um, But I would not suggest having that afterwards because, again, that will cause some type of strife. Right. Especially if one person thought, hey, this is our
1: debt. And the other one's like, no, no, no. Right.
0: (laughs) That's your death buddy. Right. So,
1: you know. And I think it's key that when you do have that conversation, you truly listen to what the other person Mm -hmm. is saying. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes they may give you the answer that you want to hear or they think you want to hear. But it could be the way they deliver it, their their body language. And when they're saying it, that makes you think mm, they're not really, that's not really how they feel. They're right. just saying what they think I want to hear. Right. And so that's key, too, to just really, really pay attention. And then their behavior during the planning, courtship, engagement, all of that mm-hmm. will you know, that gives you a lot of clues as to, is this person truly sincere about what they're saying? Do their actions light up with what they're saying?
0: Yeah. And I also believe like, like as a woman, a lot of times we just say, oh, I'm a woman. So I'm supposed to handle the the finances, but your husband or your husband to be maybe better Mm -hmm. with finances. So if he's better, relinquish the role, Mm -hmm. like just, let him have that mm-hmm. because you want someone who understands money management to be the one that's responsible i'm not saying that he you won't be involved you should be having your money meetings, right? but if he's the one that's better with making sure the bills get paid on time, making sure that the money makes sense, mm-hmm. making sure the budget's intact, mm-hmm. then let him spearhead it, you just be there to help guide, right. you know? Okay. So I just want to let the audience know as well, it's important to not just say, oh, I'm a woman, I'm supposed to take care of it. Sit down and find out
1: who's the saver, who's the spender, right. who's better at finances. Right. Because again, you're working to a common goal, right? and it's not about right or wrong or tradition right it's about what's best for us as a couple right right Mm -hmm. um but with that being said um it just sparked something that i had heard there was a, a lady that i know of she left everything up to her husband because he was better with the finances but he passed away she knew nothing about the finances she knew nothing she didn't know where anything was she didn't have you know, her name was on accounts, but she didn't even know where the accounts were. So how do you suggest whether it's, it's and I'm saying female, because that's usually a lot of times we were like, he is the provider, he's mm-hmm. the breadwinner. I'm just going, to if he's good at it, let him do it. But you should still be involved. Which which is what I was saying with just having that budget meeting.
0: Right. You know, if you have that budget meeting and you decided from the beginning our finances are important to us right our finances are important we're going to have that meeting we're going to meet on a regular basis and we're going to discuss it that would include discussing usernames discussing passwords discussing bank accounts discussing life insurances you know that would include being there and being present Mm -hmm. because a lot of times talking about money can be mundane but it's important that whether you're a male or a female, a husband or a wife, to be a part of that money meeting. Right. 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 So if you're a part of that money meeting, God forbid anything happens to your spouse, you know where all the passwords are, you know where the insurances are, you know how much money you have in the account. So you're less stressed because no one was left in the dark. Right. Right. right?
1: Great. Great advice. Let's talk a little bit about savings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is your suggestions on the best approach to saving for the proverbial rainy day? Um, my suggestion is always pay yourself first. We
0: pay our tithes first, mm-hmm. you know, as believers. Mm-hmm. Anyone that decides to pay their 10%, that's first, right? Right. So I believe that you should pay yourself at minimum 10% first. You know, after you do that, you pay yourself. And then you work on your budget with paying off and paying your bills. So I would say take the 10%, put it away in a savings account, There's so many different savings. There are money market accounts that are online so you don't have to touch it. Mm -hmm. Um, It depends on what you're saving for. Mm -hmm. So, again, going back to the money conversations, finding out what your goals are financially. Do we want to save for a house? Do we want to save for a car? Are we saving for kids' tuition? And maybe having different accounts specifically for that. So, for us, we did that. We started saving for a house. We knew we wanted a new home, so Mm -hmm. we started making Putting money aside for that home. Mm-hmm. And of course, we upped it as opposed to the 10%. We went and did 15. So, you know, you just have to sit down and see what's
1: best for you and then split it up depending on what it is that you're saving for. Along the same line with regard to savings, but more towards planning for the future. And when I say that, I'm talking about like retirement and those types of things. Are there any particular steps you think couples should take? Because some jobs have a pension plan, some don't. Well, if that's not the case, then how do you, as someone, whether you're, you own your own business or you're working on a job that doesn't have a pension plan, because people are living longer and longer every day. And a lot of times, you know, they get to the point where either they have to continue working well beyond their retirement age, or they retire and they don't have enough funds and they're you know, living from social security check to social security check. So how can they better plan towards things like that?
0: I think right now we are in information age, right? We can have, we have access to anything. Right, And online, there's so many resources out there to get um, a financial planner. I mm-hmm. suggest everyone sit with a financial planner. It's no cost. I won't specifically name any, Mm -hmm. but you can easily go online and and just Google financial planners locally. Mm -hmm. And you can sit down with one and tell them your goals. Again, Mm -hmm. if you were doing your monthly goal planning with your spouse, you would already know your goals and what you you need for retirement. They would specifically customize one just for the husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And so that they can you know, if they want to retire in 20 years, they give them a plan, step-by-step guidance on mm-hmm. what they can do, what investments they should put their monies in. And then in addition to financial planning, you sit down and if you're interested in doing real estate or if you're interested in opening your own business to help speed up that process, right? they will assist you
1: with help, You know what steps you need to take to do that as well. Okay. So as a planner, a wedding and event planner, I often tell my clients to interview different vendors. Mm -hmm. Would you suggest interviewing financial planners? I would. I really would. It varies depending on how much interest they'll
0: be able to give you, depending on what investment that you decide to take. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest maybe two to three different. And, you know, there's Charles Schwab. There's Primerica, there's different organizations that are there to assist, maybe two or three. I say when you go beyond
1: that, now you're right. confusing yourself. Right. Yeah, because you want to work with somebody who you have a rapport with, right. who you feel is looking out for your best interest. Right. And doesn't mean that one is doing it better than the other, it's mm-hmm. just that you want to have a comfort level and And that they they really get you right. Right.
0: I I love local branches where I can reach someone, not just over the phone, but if I want to walk in, and be at peace or ask additional questions. You know, I like I like that hands on being able to talk to a live person. Right. So everyone's different. So I'd say do your homework, two to three at the most. To interview them and see what works for your family as, as it relates to long-term goals. Because mm-hmm. that's more
1: long-term. That's not the saving for a house. Mm-hmm. That's more saving for retirement. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So everything that you said, I mean, it's great advice. And I really think that if people put more thought into financial planning or thinking about finances, then it, it won't become such an issue or such a big surprise or in, in the marriage. You know, do you have anything that you would like to share or suggestions you would like to leave that we haven't already covered?
0: I would just say have fun. Don't make it such a um, scary process. It, it, it can really be something that you have fun with your potential spouse, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Planning for the future can be exciting because you want to talk about your goals and your dreams and how much money you want to make and how many kids you want to have. But, you know, I just believe that you need to be intentional Mm -hmm. on paper, on purpose, as it relates to your dreams and as it relates to your money. Mm -hmm. And I would say, again, count up the cost. Make sure that you are in line with what it is that you want to do pertaining to the wedding. 10 to 15%. No more, you know, try to stay within that so that you can have a life after the wedding Mm -hmm. and making sure that you are creating your budget, telling your money where to go. I'm just recapping. Mm -hmm. Instead of wondering where your money went, right? right. right. You want to have everything on paper, on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And just, again, just have fun. Right.
1: Just have fun within your means. Right. And then even with your budget, when you're setting your budget, you should have part of your budget set aside for fun for you guys to enjoy each other and do things together. And especially if you're a newlywed, you know, you want to be like, well, it's Friday night, we can't go out to dinner or, (laughs) you know, we're having a pizza again. You know, you want to be able to do stuff. Right.
0: I mean, there are times yeah. where temporary sacrifice equals long term gain. Now, if you came into the marriage where you have one hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. Hey, you may have to put you had too much fun. Okay? Right. Right. <laughs> you may need to put fun on, on, on a, you know, back burner for a, a year right, or two. Right. You know, been there, done that. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm even doing that again. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where you get out and then you get right back in. Mm-hmm. So don't ever condemn yourself. Mm-hmm. Just see what you've done and then work towards getting out. Right. Right. Work. Create a plan, create a budget towards getting out and living a debt free,
1: financially free life together. Great stuff, sound. Thank you. Thank you so much for Thanks sharing. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed you. I really yeah. did. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Wedding and Beyond podcast. For more advice on planning your wedding and preparing for a successful marriage, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow us on Instagram at Royal Occasions and visit our website at www.royaloccasionsinc.com.